This is the Power of Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So what's the buzz on the street today? Well, I have a quote from OpenViewPartners.com from a blog. Listen up. The rise in prominence of ecosystems, and that's a key word today, has given popularity to the idea that having a value-adding network of partners and collaborative organizations can be an important competitive advantage. That's the quote. A gentleman named Tian An Guyen, VP of Finance, wrote this a couple of years ago. There's a bunch of keywords of what I just said. Ecosystems is one. Value-adding network of partners is another key phrase. And collaborative organizations. Of course, everybody wants a competitive advantage. So let me tell you what we're going to be talking about on this debut of our new series. And actually, this series was part of Game Changers Radio a couple of years ago, and it's been revived with a slight new title. So I'll do a shout out to all of the, the people behind the scenes in a little while. So let's see. Collaboration. It's a strategic imperative as industries become increasingly digital. And whatever industry you're in around the world, this is we're talking to you. Partnership is emerging as a new core competency for leading businesses across all industries. We have a panel of experts who are immersed in the world of top performing partner ecosystems. They're going to talk about the key ingredients and best practices practice support for successful partnerships, the core portfolios of support services that are critical to driving partner success, and the major benefits, that's what anybody wants to know, what's in it for me, the major benefits partners and vendors derive from a partner ecosystem. So today I'll have, I'm going to introduce, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves in a moment. We have Malcolm Hamilton, we have Rumiana Trencheva, and Henrik Semetsky, all from SAP. We're going to ask them for their take on the partnership ecosystem, collaboration as a strategic imperative. Welcome to my panelists. Let's kick this off. Malcolm Hamilton, you're first up on this brand new series. Malcolm, why don't you take about two minutes, please, and introduce yourself to the world. Go ahead, Malcolm. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, It's a great pleasure and honor to be um, on this session. Um, I I believe I have one of the best jobs within SAP in as much that I have the, the privilege and the pleasure of traveling around the world, um, pre-coronavirus, of course, meeting literally hundreds of, of partners within our ecosystem um, that generate incremental demand for their SAP solutions using and leveraging contemporary marketing yeah. best practices. Thank you very so much, Malcolm. That's my role in a nutshell, Bonnie. Thank you. Very, very glad to have you. I'm going to skip over to our third panelist, Henrik Semetsky. Henrik, why don't you introduce yourself? Very well, thank you. I'm so I, um, as you said, also work for SAP in a regional role. Okay, thank you very much. I think we're just going to continue on here. So, Malcolm, we're going to dive right into the opening quotes in the show. And those of you just tuning in, this okay. is Game Changes Radio. This is a part of the show where I've asked my guest in advance to send me a quote, an inspirational quote, a provocative quote from a person, a movie, a book, a song. And Malcolm has sent us a very interesting quote from Paulo Coelho, uh, still very much alive and well born in 1947. He's a Brazilian song lyricist and novelist, best known for his novel, The Alchemist. He uploaded his personal papers online in 2014 to create a virtual foundation in his name. He has a very interesting background. If you want to know, look him up. Paulo P-A-U-L-O, Cohelo, C-O-E-H-L-O. Here's the quote Malcolm selected. One day you will wake up and there will not be any more time to do all the things you always wanted to do. Do it now. Malcolm, love the quote. Motivational. Words for wisdom. Words for living. Go ahead, Malcolm. How did you find the quote and how does it relate to our ecosystem partnership for our topic today? Thanks, Bonnie. Look, it's it's a quote that, for me, it... It, it touches a number of human levels and, and uh, fundamentally, whilst we are all in business, um, working with partners in an ecosystem is, 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 is human interaction, right? It's about human-to-human interaction. And 
my view, as it relates to this quote, is uh, this is I'm, I'm in a job that I've always wanted to do, and that is to help help people. Of course, people are in businesses, but um, you know, there are, I have stretched myself. I've stretched my my my, if you will, my skills over a number of years. Uh, doing things that I, I often thought I couldn't do, um, but I often find myself in a room with maybe 30 or 40 senior executives from from our partners around the globe, and I almost have to pinch myself in as much uh-huh. that when I think about when I think about my background, I have a fairly humble background, and here I am as a thought leader in a room with with um, senior executives living my dream, and my dream is to help people to be successful. And, and that sounds cliched. It sounds a little bit sort of, you know, if you will, it doesn't, it, I hope it doesn't sound insincere. Since sincerely, I, I love what I do. Um, and when I'm in a room with these senior executives and I find that we, you know, I am giving them and facilitating uh, a scenario where I can help them be successful from a marketing perspective, that's what drives me. So that's where this, that, that, that's why that particular saying resonates with me. And not only that, it's part of my life as well. Uh, I live my life that way. Thank you, Malcolm. Very appreciate it. And uh, we love words of wisdom on this show. Whenever we're talking about any game changers topic, we try to dive down to the human element, Malcolm. And of course, we want to talk about technology, business strategy, but we love to talk about the people side. That's one of my passions. So thank you so much for that. And Henrik Semetsky, you're up next. And Henrik has sent us a quote that's often misattributed to Albert Einstein. Henrik, so many millions of people think Einstein said it. Do you think that by popular acclamation we can say it's his? However, this quote, I, I'm, I'm Malcolm, uh, Malcolm and Hennig knew this in advance, and Hennig agreed that I could say where the quote we think really came from. Uh, the quote appeared in October 1981 in a Tennessee newspaper article describing a meeting of an organization that helps families of alcoholics called Al-Anon. I'm going to read the quote. Everybody will say, I thought Einstein said that. So for purposes of the show, we're going to say, popularly misattributed and by popular acclaim attributed to Einstein. Here's the quote. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Henning Semetsky, talk to me. How'd you find this one? And what does it have to do with our topic, please? <laughs> it's it's about <laughs> progress, this one. Um, I like change. That's a simple thing. And, and it's not for the change. It's just for the sake of a change itself. But... Um, I, I do believe that things around us change so rapidly that it, it, it simply just scares me to stay in one place and, 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 and slowly disappear somewhere. It's, it's like a deep psychological thing that I have inside. So, and if, if I observe around the change and so being so fast, it's just, it's just staying on one thing and doing uh, 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 one thing and doing it over and over and, and even expecting a change out of it is simply just crazy it's, it's scary and and that's it yeah well tell me I something like when it uh, Hennick, when it comes to partner ecosystems do you think some companies are doing it wrong we're going to talk about the right way to do it do you think companies think that they're doing it right and they're just repeating the same mistakes they're not not being expansive enough in their view of what kind of partners they're not understanding the give and take I know that's something that's important to you and to Malcolm they're not understanding there are responsibilities as well as benefits do you think that that may be part of the problem with some companies just not understanding how a good robust vibrant partner ecosystem really works what's your thought on that i think it's um they, they, i wouldn't say they do it wrong but um it's it's also natural to stay in in your comfort zone we see many times that partners have really successful business um in some area but um we also see that other partners reflecting what the market ask of us right how the market develops they are successful elsewhere, successful in the area which seems to be the future one, right? And staying in the older one, the comfort one, is, and this is why I said about the quote, right? It's leading to staying in the same place and slowly disappearing, right? And it will, it will last for years before they do. But unless they do that change, 
and develop with the market and step on the new boat, which happens all the time, mm-hmm. over and over and over. And now we call it cloud, and, and that's what it is. So unless they step on that boat, they will be marginalized. That's what we believe in. Thank you very much. Malcolm, I've got gardeners outside here. Forgive the noise. Malcolm, why don't you talk about the same thing? Malcolm, what's your thought on partners doing it the right way, on the definition of insanity as applied to partner ecosystems? What's your thought? This is a topic, actually, Bonnie, that I'm, I'm, I'm quite passionate about. I mm-hmm. think often vend- vendors, large and small, that move into a channel model um, often recruit partners and, and expect and demand that they do things that are aligned to the vendor's model but not necessarily to the partner's business. So therefore, the, 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 the partner model, the channel model, has to, to honor and, and, if you will, enable the partner to flourish in, in their, in, if you will, in, in, in their world. Um, and I think this is one of the things that SAP, and in fact, I know that we've been on this journey over many years, mm-hmm. and indeed, um, to the point that, you know, we've got to a point now, we now have a very, very flexible model that allows partners of different, with different DNA, different value propositions, different skill sets to, co- to, to come into our ecosystem and succeed, and indeed help our and their partners succeed. So I think that's, that, for me, the big thing is, you know, one size doesn't fit all. We need to have a flexible model that supports partners of all types and helps them flourish. Very, very important. Thank you. Thank you both for answering that question. I appreciate it. We're not able to get Rumi back yet. We're still trying. So let's continue on with the roundtable portion of the show. We won't take a break quite yet because I like the momentum we've got. If you're just tuning in, this is a brand new series debut. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is the newest series in the collection we call Game Changers Radio. The title is The Power of Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation Radio. This is the debut episode number one. And our topic today, our special topic, is the partnership ecosystem, collaboration as a strategic imperative. Very, very important title. My guests today are Malcolm Hamilton. We have Henrik Semetsky at SAP, and we're trying to get Rumiana Trencheva back on the line. We have a lot of lot of uh, phone lines coming in from various places in the world, and we're doing our best. So let's go to you, Malcolm. I'm looking at the discussion statements you sent me before the show. Let's just go through them. Let's just do number one. I'm going to read number one statement, Malcolm, and invite you to talk for about two and a half minutes about it, and then I'm going to invite Hennick to comment on Malcolm's statement. Then I'll pick a statement from Hennick's list, and I will have him expand it, and then we'll have Malcolm chime in, and we'll go back and forth, and let's get as much thought leadership on the table as we can. So Malcolm Hamilton told me the first statement before the show. He said, one of the biggest challenges businesses of all sizes face today, and that's important, because sizes of businesses, Malcolm, may be changing as we speak due to the pandemic. We know that. That's a fact of life today. One of the biggest challenges businesses of all sizes face today is meeting the high expectations of their customers. So Malcolm, talk to me in the frame of reference of partnership ecosystems. Go ahead, Malcolm. Yeah, and another topic I'm I'm deeply passionate about, Bonnie, and that is this, that frankly, buyers are, are have all the power today Thanks, thanks to the digital economy, if you will, the World Wide Web, uh, buyers are able to research and select vendors, whether it's B2B, B2C, uh, of any type, um, based on, if you will, self-empowered research, self-empowered um, selection, peer-to-peer research through social media channels. Um, and quite frankly, you know, it, to use an analogy, if you, let's say you were ordering or trying to order online a product or a service where the vendor doesn't respond quickly, doesn't deliver quickly, doesn't deliver to a level of excellence, it is relatively easy for the customer to move to another vendor. Extremely easy, actually. Um, what does that mean? It means that the vendor, be it IT, be it, be it, a, be it, a, be it a retailer, in any, any business today, you have to be totally customer-centric, resp- highly responsive, uh, because candidly, we're all, 
how can I put this? We're impatient. We expect an immediate response if we send a message mm -hmm. on the World Wide Web by email or by tweet or, or even by, through a chatbot. Or if you, if you message on a, on a, on a website uh, a, a vendor and, you, and, and you, you, you're asking a basic question, you expect uh, and it, frankly demand a rapid response and a response that is relevant to your question. Um, if a vendor doesn't provide that, relative, that level of service, it's extremely easy for the prospect, the customer, to move on. Um, and, and that is extremely uh, important for all vendors, be it IT, to be aware of, that buyers are in control. Vendors uh, used to be that salespeople were, to some extent, in control and could control the sales cycle. Um, that, that, that world has gone away. Um, it, buyers are in control. So anyone, any vendor that doesn't, doesn't over-exceed customer expectations will rapidly lose market share. So that's, that was what I was referring to in that statement, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Hennick, why don't you join us? Talk to me about what Malcolm just said. I like it. I mean, the fact that they are challenging. I'm going to be the provocative one, I guess, here on the show. Because if we don't have challenging customers, we don't try harder. Ultimately, the result is, is progress and development. And that, I like that. Of course, it's all is true what Malcolm said. It's extremely challenging. We simply try harder. Right? And that's, uh, and that leads to a good thing. Okay, thank you very much. Let's take a look at what's going on in the statements that Hennick sent me. Hennick, uh, number one, you say nurturing our partner ecosystem is key to our growth in the cloud. And to do that, we need to invest in it. As there are so many, we need to know whom to invest into. Performance can be identified when you look at their past track record. Can you please expand that for me? Sure. So it's um, imagine you have hundreds of them in an area, right? You have you're a vendor. You 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 manufacture software and systems, and you sell them in your through your ecosystem. Then you have hundreds of them doing it. Now, um, some of them are faster, some of them are slower, and and you feel like you want to help them out, investing into them. Now, how do you choose? You need to identify those. Uh, that will um, convert that investment into some return, right? And, and I do believe, and it proved right into what we're doing here, that looking into their past, how they, how they performed in the past is, if not the only one, then one of the very few ways to really identify them. Okay, let's go back to Malcolm. Malcolm, thoughts on what Hennick just said? To some extent, what Hennick just said is aligned to my statement and as much that, candidly, that, that the buyer is in control and, it, and it's relatively easy for the buyer, um, and indeed not just the buyer, not just the person that signs the contract, but a number of stakeholders within the business can research can validate um, re really easily um, options as to where they, where they invest, where they um, place the business, and often where they invest <laughs> and stake their careers. So totally agree. Um, and again, it's, this is where, candidly, where marketing today is so important. Um, it used to be marketing was just about generating leads um, and, and, and brand presence. It's so much more than that today. It's, it's making certain that, that when, when buyers and decision makers are researching these kind of topics, that they can find that information easily and that the information is delivered in a way and on the platforms that's relevant to those inquiries. So, again, totally agree with Hennig's statements there. Thank you very much. Henrik, anything you want to say back to Melka before I move on? This is a good conversation. Henrik, are you there? Sorry, I was on mute. So there's perhaps one thing I would like to add to it. Sure. 
Um, when you when you look at their past record and and, and you measure them, um, because then you have the step two. What do you do with it, right? How much you invest into partner A and the other thing, investment into partner B. Um, that's a consequence. You need to stay objective. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a crucial part of it, and that's also because you measure. Um, that also helps you to be objective, and that's the only way how you get to. Uh, some rational around um, where to put that investment. Okay, thank you very much. Malcolm, I'm looking at your statement number two. Let's go there. You say we are all being bombarded with thousands of messages per day across a multitude of channels and platforms. What is the secret sauce to stand out from the crowd? And the answer is to secure relevance and loyalty from new and existing customers. Malcolm, tell me more, please. For sure, Bonnie, and I think what I'd like to do is to ask everyone on the, in the audience today to think about their, their lives, their world uh, on a day-to-day basis. We are all being bombarded with messages, and, and, and I saw a research study recently that, that blew me away that we're, we're seeing on average between 2,800 and 3,000 messages per day whether it's on your laptop, whether it's in the street, whether it's on your phone, thousands of messages. And what we're, we're all becoming, shall we say, a little bit cynical about some of these messages. We're becoming um, kind of bombarded. And the messages that, that connect with us have to uh, contain authenticity number one it's a big my big word right now in marketing for instance is authenticity if a message or or a statement or value proposition does not sound authentic i immediately disregard it and i think that would be the same for most people we we only respond to authenticity um again you know we hear things like fake news we uh, and and candidly we're all becoming increasingly suspicious about marketing messages and messages generally that, that do not sound authentic. So given, given that this is a real dynamic, all businesses today, and, and, and this is a discussion I have with our partners on a regular basis, how do you stand out from the crowd? And it's a term in marketing we call value proposition. And that is make certain that your value proposition, your, your, your marketing statements are authentic, uh, mm-hmm. are genuine, and speak to the buyer. Speak to the buyer's heart as well as the buyer's brain because that's the way we make decisions today. If you're an authentic, if your messaging is authentic, you are standing out from the crowd. Thank you very much, Malcolm. I like that. And authenticity is not, it's not just a buzzword, is it, Malcolm? It's a word that people, we, sure. we want to know, we, we want to talk, I'm talking to you, Malcolm Hamilton. You're a real person. You're not reading a script. You're not, you're not a robot. You're not, a, you're not a bot. You're, you're a real person and you're sharing your thoughts and, and your feelings about I the might topic. I like one, but I'm not. <laughs> no, you don't. You're, you're, you're very real and you're very charming. And what you just said means, although a bot probably could be trained through an algorithm to say, but I'm not a bot. We know that. Uh, I want to turn to Henrik Sumetsky. Sure. Henrik, please talk about authenticity. Anything you want to say about what Malcolm just shared? Please, Henrik. Thank God we're not robots. <laughs> It would certainly feel authentic if we were robots and talk this way. So I uh, totally agree with Markham. Authenticity is, uh, helps the um, credibility, of course, the source, right? We, the bombardment of the different messages, you, you quickly identify whether you know the source if you get it or you don't know the source. If you know the source, you even quicker put it to a shelf. I don't trust it don't want to read it, or I'm interested. And that's, I think, a key in the message as well. And I would only add to that a small, I don't know if Markham would agree with me, but the small piece to um, perhaps success here, make them few, right? Not too many. Authentic, yes, all you said, but also not too many. Crisp and few, uh, that's what I would say. Thank you very much. Let's look at the next statement from, we're still trying to get Rumi on the show, I want you to know. Uh, let's look at the next statement. Let's see what we've got here from, I'm going to uh, Hennick's statements here. Let's look at, one second here. 
Give me a second, Hennick. So uh, I'm going to go to, hmm, here's an interesting statement. And I know we were going to get provocative. I think this is, Hennick. You say to achieve a return on your investment, you want to support the performers and not everyone. OMG, Hennick, this is serious. You simply need to choose. When you do that, you have to be objective in the criteria and consequent in applying them. Does this mean you can pick the good partners and the not so good partners? Hennick, talk to me. This is interesting. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm, if I wrote it again after what you said about it, I might have drafted it a bit differently, especially take out the not everyone. I believe that once you select, right, based on how you measure them, right, and, and you need to select carefully, you, you select them and perhaps choose different groups, right? And you don't forget about those who don't perform yet because they might perform tomorrow. So you have different kind of support for them. <clears throat> You definitely, um, based on the objective selection, target the best support, the best investment that you have to those who are on the top and who are aligned with what you want to do, right? If you are a company and you want to sell cloud, expand in it, because that's what the market demands, you need to invest in those who are actually with you on that. And that's the whole idea. Interesting. You might you might uh, disrupt some relationships somewhere because if you didn't do it, you did it the let's call it old-fashioned way. Um, support and investment was often targeted based on relationships, right? So you might disrupt a little bit something, but <clears throat> again, you probably if you base it on the measurement and objective criteria application, you probably end up with a good decision where to invest that. Thank you very much. Malcolm, let's talk provocative here. Let's be authentic, Malcolm Hamilton. What do you think? <laughs> oh, look, I could talk for hours about this topic. Having, Go ahead. Having, we have time. Having <laughs> the privilege of meeting. I, I, I celebrated my 50th quarter with SAP last last month. So I've been in in the partner ecosystem for a very long time. So everything Hennig's just said just so resonates with me. The challenge for, for a vendor in, in partner selection is it goes back to my earlier point, and that is, you know, often it's, it's, it's tempting to recruit a partner for the right and the wrong reasons. Uh, and then once you've recruited a partner, you you drive them into a, a market or a go-to-market that, quite frankly, doesn't suit their DNA. It's just not their DNA. Uh, and, and, you know, an, uh, if you will, an, an example of that is, is, is if you were to, to sign up a, a large systems integrator and then ask them to go into the lower SME space. That's not their DNA. They, they are very comfortable in the large enterprise. Um, and that's a simplistic example of what I'm trying to say here. But the, the important thing is to have a have a, an ecosystem and a model that supports partners of, of all types. Uh, and there are many, um, at least at least ten different types of, if you will, partner types. And the cloud the cloud model has fundamentally transformed. Um, ecosystems, IT ecosystems around the world. It's, it's given that many partners, um, IT partners and IT businesses have made a very good living for many years uh, from large deals from on-premise type ERP transactions. That's rapidly changing and has not gone away, but rapidly changing. And partners are having to move into a lower deal size volume play so that fundamentally changes everything. So that impacts also the type of partner that you recruit to move into that space. And it also impacts the way you support other partners to move into that space. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a science, quite frankly. And I think this is one that it's a science that SAP certainly um, are, are, are um, embracing. Um, in terms, we, we have a we have a program which we've called Next Generation Partnering, mm-hmm. which is addressing this very dynamic. Is it a science, or, or is there a little art to that science, Malcolm? What do you think? A little bit of art in there. Uh, you know what? That's an interesting point, Bonnie. There is a bit of art, and and the mm-hmm. art is, you know, it, it, the art is the 
to put it bluntly, it's a gut feel. You can often yep. meet with a partner you want to recruit and you just get this gut feel. You go, nah, I don't think so. Or, um, you know, you're being one, nice to one another in those complex negotiations around business planning, go-to-market strategy, resources, investment, and then all the right answers come out, but then you go, hold on a minute, this doesn't feel right. Um, you just have to, you know, sometimes it's gut as well as analytics, as well as data, as well as everything else. Thank you very much. Good news. I think we have Rumi. Rumi, do we have you? Are you live? Talk to me. <laughs> yes. Rumi! I'm here. Rumi, you can hear me. I can hear you. This is wonderful. Everybody, wow. I want to introduce our third panelist. We've been trying. We have 150 emails back and forth. <laughs> Rumi, you have to be part of this conversation. I'm going to bring you in right in the middle now because your voice is very important. Rumi, just very briefly tell everybody what you do. And then Malcolm and Hennick are just going to sit back in their chairs for a minute while I bring you up to date. We're going to get you to talk about the latest statement we just discussed. So, Rumi, I'm so happy to have you. Rumi, please introduce yourself briefly. Go ahead. So I'm a senior vice president for a global partner organization and mid-market business for SAP Middle and Eastern Europe. So that's for me. Let's get to the real matter. It took me okay. to get into let's, the call. Let's get to the matter. Uh, Rumi, we were just talking. I was talking with Malcolm, and your colleagues have been doing a wonderful job of holding the fort out while we were trying to get you on 25 phone calls. And it happens sometimes. This is Listen, lines are jammed right now. People are all over the world trying to stay connected, and, and we understand. We appreciate it. So we're, we're thrilled to have you, Rumi. We couldn't do the show without you. You know that. So, Rumi, we were just talking about – let me go back to um, – the statement I read from uh, from Henik Sametsky, and I'm going to read it. It's very controversial and provocative, and I know you probably didn't hear their explanations, but we want to get your point of view and be provocative. So the statement is, to achieve a return on your investment, and we're talking about partnerships, you want to support the performers and not everyone. You simply need to choose. When you do that, you have to be objective in the criteria and consequent in applying them. And Malcolm was saying, Rumi, that... There is a science to choosing the partners who will perform. And I asked him, hopefully even more provocatively, is there an art to that science? So, Rumi, what's your thought about picking the best partners? Go ahead, please. It's all yours. I'm very simple. The partners are chosen by our customers. They're not chosen by us. And nowadays, you really have to be very good in order to be chosen. This is market economy. And the fittest will survive, the more creative, which are providing what the market needs. And the market is our customer. So I believe that uh, Hinek was up to the point, and this is the reality. And this reality is becoming much more, you know, demanding on all of us, particularly in the times that we are right now, where the, the, the demand of our customers is changing by hours, not by weeks or months, because they need to fix urgent questions at hand, urgent problems at hand. And these are questions and problems which are related to the survival of their business. And only the partners that are close to them and understand them with the right approach can, can really be the chosen one. And the overall economics of the developing the partner ecosystems really depends on how well we meet the needs of our customers. It's that simple, Bonnie. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Let me just quick get a quick response from Malcolm to Rumi and then from Hennick, and then I'm going to read some statements from Rumi's list. we got to get her caught up here. We have another 18 minutes to the show. So go ahead, Malcolm, quick response to Rumi. Agree or disagree? Look, no surprise. I agree 100%. <laughs> it, go, it goes back to the, you know, that it's a cliched term, but everything we do in business today has to be customer-centric. Yep. What what does the customer expect, need um, now uh, and today? Um, and so often, frankly, all businesses forget and, and do not listen to the customer, the customer needs. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the case with us, but partners that are listening to their customer needs and responding uh, to their needs in a way that's agile and, and, mm -hmm. and easy to consume and done well are succeeding, even in today's difficult climate. 
Yes, even in today's difficult climate, the words, truer words were never said. Hannick, join us. What do you think about what Rumi said? Anything you'd like to add? I'm really happy that the word customer sounded because um, I tend to forget about the really important aspect of what we're all doing here because I live in this little box called channel management. But, but yeah, it, it totally agree. It all circles back. Um, if our partners are not chosen by the customers, mm-hmm. they will not perform. That's it. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Rumi, I'm going to go to your statement number two you sent me. Uh, let's talk about digital transformation. You say it's important to understand what digital means for your business now. And Rumi adds partners need more space and more possibilities and time to interact in full virtual channels all the time. This is an opportunity and a responsibility to keep focused on content and activities. Rumi, please expand this. Take about two, take three minutes. It's all yours. Go ahead, Rumi. I want to hear you talk. <laughs> we want to hear you talk. Go ahead. Yes. So understanding what digital means for your business right now today is going beyond the digital tools and beyond the digital processes. Uh, for every company today, um, this is really a um, completely different paradigm that we are living. And there is a pressing need to redesign our own business completely, to create and open completely new demand channels, to reinvent the way we do business, to create new business models, to introduce new business models, new organization and go-to-market. And I believe that now is the best time to experiment because the change has happened and nothing is going to be as it was and nobody knows how it's going to be. Now is the best time to really provocatively look back in our own organization and be critical, but we be really brutally honest with what mm-hmm. we do and how we do and have zero, zero, um, you know, tolerance to think that we never look directly into the, you know, into the face of things that we were saying, this is not a priority. Right now, in our organization, everything that is bringing efficiency, speed, agility is priority. Every single business out there, is it a partner, is it a customer, we as a company requires really brutal honesty with ourselves what each one of us on an individual level every single day is doing. Are we contributing to the success of our company? Are we contributing to the success of our customers, to the success of our partners? Where we are standing, what we are doing, how we can become more efficient, how we can support more, how we can reach more customers, how we can reach more partners today, and what is the best that we are bringing to them. And as I said, this is the best time to really experiment, experiment with our own, try our own, try our own beliefs. We have to challenge ourselves to say to ourselves, we cannot continue to do one and the same thing. There is another way to be done. Very often, in, in, the, in the way that we were running business so far, we were so much into the run, into the next meeting, into the next thing. Yes, the customers now don't want to talk with us because they're reflecting. They're reflecting mm-hmm. on their businesses. They're reflecting on their future. The same for our partners. They are grabbing everything that is flying around, every project, but unfortunately, the projects are not that many. What we are supposed to do in this moment, reflect, reflect very carefully and get to the bottom of a lot of things that we never really dare to to do. Be open and honest. Why we never revisit a specific process? Now is the time to do it. Now is the time to be brutally honest and cut all the needless activities, the needless reporting, the needless or the complex organizations that we have created around things which could be simple. And uh, I believe that digital transformation is not about the tool. It's not about the technology. The technology is only a means. Beyond the tool is making every single process simple, agile, and delivering value. But 
we can be able to do this and to transform our companies digitally, first and foremost, when we review how we run our businesses with open heart, open mind, and ready to understand that maybe we have been doing a lot of things wrongly. Maybe there are a lot of losses that we have to cut and to admit that there is a completely new way to do. And this is a really a transformational process that has to happen on a personal level, on a team level, on an organizational level, and then on a company level. Rumi, I feel like I've just heard the words from the mountain. I, I talk to a lot of people on a lot of radio shows about what's happening in the world of business, technology, people, everything going on with the pandemic that is a major disruption that we never saw coming. Well, most of us never saw it coming, and we never never had a plan for it. And you've just said something to me that's so important. I want to get Malcolm and, and Hendrik to chime in a second. What you said is it's time to look brutally, honestly at what we've been doing. Be efficient. Don't just keep things going because they always were. Examine what you have. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Rumi, I have not heard anybody say that yet. And I think that may be one of the most important messages to business. I'm, I'm, my heart is pounding because it's it just so obvious. But as you say, brutally, brutally uh, open about what needs to be done. I want to get Malcolm to chime in here very briefly. And then I have something, and uh, Hennick, and then I have another statement from Rumi that I'm going to read. So Malcolm, your thoughts on what she just said. Agree, disagree. I think I know, but go ahead. First thing I'd say is now you know why Rumi's an SVP, right? You heard all of that. I do. Just poetry, <laughs> poetry. Yes. Uh, and I agree with every single word. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, and Rumi, unfortunately, you, you weren't on the line at the time, but I have the great good fortune of meeting a lot of partners face-to-face, or at least I did before COVID-19, literally hundreds a year. And we were, lock, we're locked in rooms and we're talking about these dynamics that, that, that Rumi has just outlined. Um, and, and there's a couple of words I would throw in, in here. And, and the first one is change management. Mm-hmm. Organize, this, this is challenging conventions. This is about saying to our partners, you know what? This is the way it used to be. It isn't the way it is anymore. The other word I would, tr- I would put into this is, is a word called troubling. And that mm-hmm. sounds a bit contentious. But when I'm in a room with, with partners, I often in, in introduce conversation points like Rumi's just outlined, which are quite frankly for a business partner, very troubling. The world's mm-hmm. changed and it's changing extremely fast. It's like, a, it's like an express train. So I see my role and, and our role in supporting partners to be thought leaders, to provide partners with guidance on how to get on the bus, how to get on the express train and benefit from digital transformation. The final point is digital transformation means so many things. In my world, digital transformation specific to marketing, marketing today is, is now fundamentally and has fundamentally changed. And any business that doesn't understand that, mm-hmm. any partner that doesn't understand that and adapt to that paradigm shift will rapidly lose market share. And it's a, it's a, it's a topic I'm, I'm passionate about, as you can probably gather. But yes. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my response. And by the way, you know, <laughs> love everything we just said. Yes. Malcolm, thank you. And let's get Hennick in here. Hennick Zemetsky, thoughts about what Rumi shared and or what Malcolm commented. Go ahead, Hennick. So a lot has been said, which I have to agree with, of course, and it makes total sense. But I want to pick out one um, piece of it, which is experimenting. Uh, we all woke up to the world where things were simply different than the previous days, and, and that brings unpredictability. We simply just don't know how to uh, how things will develop, how things will work or not work, and, and that's why we perhaps, or I hope so, experiment a lot more. And I hope that our partners will continue doing that, even if when the world becomes more predictable, because I believe that experimenting, the, the proven method, try and fail, is, is one of the ways they can uh, prosper. 
Thank you very much. Rumi, I'm looking at your statement number four. This is going to be a counterbalance to what you just talked about, being brutally honest about processes, about everything that was done before that really has to be reexamined before we businesses can go forward. And your number four statement is partner empathy and support. And you say current times demand a real and trustful relationship between all levels of an ecosystem. The ability of empathy is crucial here. So Rumi, how do you balance this brutality, this brutal looking through this microscopic lens and saying, do we really need to do it this way? Is this really going to get us forward? Is it really important right now? Is it going to work versus, yes, I understand what you're going through? How do you balance that, Rumi? Very important. And why don't you take about two minutes because we're almost at the end of time. Go ahead, Rumi. Yes. So I see that these both go hand in hand because we can support each other only when we are openly seeing our insufficiencies and our deficiencies and what we have to change. And also being building trust is all about openness. We cannot make a customer or a partner trust us if we are not open with what we can do, what we cannot do. But imagine if we bring another level of transparency. What are our difficulties? What every one of us is now having. I had a difficulty getting in a call, you know, 40 minutes. This is so normal because all of you have experienced it and all of you were having problems, you know, getting a, you know, a deal close, a partner to support because the line was not good. We are all into this together. So the more we open up, the more brutal and honest we are with how we do business, how things are imperfect, but we share this imperfectness openly with the customer, with the partner. In this very moment of openness, and this is the real empathy that we can create, the answer is going to happen. And the answers are actually not within us. The answers are within the ecosystem, within the communities, within the relationship, within the trust that we can create. And very often, the answers are provided by our customers. The answers are provided by our real partners. They are telling us what and how to do. I believe that being open and honest with ourselves and looking inward as on individual level, on professional level, is a huge potential to, this, to really create this openness for ourselves based on which only trust can be built between in, among individuals, among companies, and really we can, we can strive and improve the way we work together. So... And, and, this, and this is a real reality right now because we are all operating in a reality that did not exist in before. It's like a front line, you know, it's like a war. Every day something is happening and, and you have to be very close to what is happening. How you can be close? You need to have this relationship, the trust relationship between the partner, between the customer. And in real time, get to know what's happening. I had to have you, you know, and you to write me back the email. I'll make everything possible to get you in the call. You wanted me in the call. You of know? course. And, you know, I received the mail. I said, I'll try to get. I need to be there. So this is the kind of different level of relationship. You have to be open. You have to yes. give a try. One yes. more and one more. I wasn't giving up on you, Rumi, and I'm glad. I, Rumi, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something provocative I don't think I've ever said on the radio. I feel like we just went through enterprise therapy with you. I do. The, the things you said were so perfectly on point. Nobody is saying these things, Rumi. Nobody is talking about this. Change management, leadership, going through these un unprecedented times. You're just saying, be brutally honest, look at everything, simplify, be empathetic, but get the job done, understand what the customers are helping point you to. We're all in this together. Rumi, I, you, you are quite the experience as a guest. I have to tell you, I'm so glad we tried 25 times to get you on the show because it was 
was worth it, Rumi. Really, really, really worth it. Um, we have about two and a half minutes left. And what we usually do at the end of the show is we do predictions, crystal ball predictions. And I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm just going to get a message from each of you. So let's just go in order. This has to be really, really, really fast. Rather than a prediction, Malcolm Hamilton, what are your closing words of wisdom? And I know you have a lot of them because you're Mr. Authenticity on our show. What are your closing words of wisdom to the audience in terms of building or perpetuating or revamping their partnership ecosystem? 30 seconds, Malcolm. What do you want to say to the world? Go ahead. Um, I'm going to be careful that this isn't going to sound cliched, but it it is fundamental in my opinion. And that is is to make the customer centric in everything the business does from a marketing perspective, sales perspective, support perspective, listen to the customer's needs. And and to Rumi's point, be open, be transparent, be trustworthy with your prospects and with your customers, and you will succeed. Thank you, Malcolm. Rumi, 30 seconds, really tight. Go ahead, all yours. Quick, quick, beat, beat. I believe that we, I believe that we have great times ahead of us. We are improving as individuals, as customers, we're becoming better and focusing on what matters. And I believe that the collective effect of all of this will be tremendous for the society and for the economics. So great times ahead of us. I love that. I haven't heard anybody say that yet either. You're really on target here today. <laughs> Henik Semecki, I get one, Semecki, one sentence from you, Henik. I have to close the show. Go ahead, Henik. Um, quick message to our partners. Experiment even if you try and fail. Invest in progress. Do not stay in one place. Just keep going. Thank you very much. Keep going. One foot in front of the other. One digital element in front of the other. One keyboard stroke in front of the other. I have to do a shout out to the sponsors of this series. We got off to a rough start, but we sure ended on a high note. Neil Cox, Maggie Goralska, Nuala Spooner, you all rock this. Thank you for putting me together with your three wonderful panelists. Margit Frank, thank you for being there and helping Rumi get on with us. We appreciate it. Malin Leiden at SAP for being a fan club for Malcolm Hamilton and promoting the show to her SAP Global Digital tribe. I never heard that one before. And a special shout out to my engineer Aaron Keller. Rumi, you and Aaron need to have a glass of wine together someday because he just tried and tried and tried. And I said, just keep. We need Rumi. And he did. And we got you. And that's important too. And uh, thank you to everybody who listened. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of this brand new series, The Power of Partnerships. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And here's my call to action. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. I know you're getting three months to the gallon of gas where all are, but put your seatbelt on anyway and pretend you're driving somewhere. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Malcolm Hamilton, just like Rumiana Trencheva, and just like Henrik Semetsky. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Be safe, be smart, be well. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Power of Partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation. Presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.